Hey guys, my name is Lisa M. Waring and this is Real Talk, a podcast where I discuss movies and TV more extensively and how art imitates life, imitates art. For the final foodie movie of the month, you all voted and the winner was the 2016 biography drama, The Founder. A story about Ray Kroc, the owner of McDonald's. I hope you all are ready. It's going to be a spicy one. Spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. This is based on a true story. It's also Hollywood. So liberties have been taken. Keep that in mind. Ray Kroc, played by Michael Keaton, who's a salesman, is pitching a milkshake machine to a potential client. He is giving it his all, laying out all the features. But the client is not interested. So he moves on to the next one. He strikes out there too. Everywhere he stops to pitch, he ends up eating at the same place. And the service, <coughs> after a long, hard day of striking out, Ray goes back to his hotel, throws on a record. Because, yeah, this is the 50s, so no CDs, no tapes, nada. And this record is just giving positive affirmations. We all need a hype man for our low moments. A door-to-door salesman is a rough job. When I was fresh out of high school, I applied for this job that had disguised itself as one thing, but in reality, it was just you going door-to-door selling water coolers to businesses. I did two days of training in a lovely area of South Beach, but when it came time for my territory, they assigned me to some backwoods, rough neighborhood in Miami which I was not from, and I was 18, for me to walk by myself. Nah, fam, I'm good. I was gone the next day. Ray calls his office from a payphone, remember those? And gets the messages from his receptionist, June, as expected. A few of them are from bill collectors, hounding them. But another message is from a business in California that wants to buy six mixers. Excuse me? He can't even sell one, and this one location wants six milkshake mixers? What's going on? Ray's gotta know. Ray heads over to San Bernardino, where he sees this burger joint with a line out the door. The name of the burger joint is McDonald's. He gets in line for the wait, but the line goes fast. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Yeah, give me a uh, hamburger and french fries and a Coca-Cola. That'd be 35 cents, please. 35 cents for all of that. What the hell are we doing, people? Oh, my gosh. They give him his food right away. And Ray is flabbergasted. Great customer service, fast food, great timing. He is impressed. Ray gets the owners, Dick and Mac McDonald, to give him a tour of the inside kitchen. The whole place is run like a well-oiled machine. Ray treats them to dinner where they explain to him how they created a successful burger restaurant. They watched what was happening in the market and kept the things that worked and got rid of the things that didn't. At this time, drive-in restaurants were all the rage, not to be confused with drive-throughs. At a drive-in, you would park your car, sit in your car, they would come to you, get your order, and then take it back to the kitchen. But the problem is their system was not the best. Food took forever 
to cook because everything is being cooked fresh. And a lot of times because the people who were taking orders had so many people they were dealing with, your orders got messed up half the time. So Dick and Mac decided to turn the system on its head. They spent a considerable amount of their time training their staff. Like, legit. They created a training program. It was genius. In this system, everyone worked in tandem with each other. The floor plan was divided and created for the most efficient way to deliver the food. They literally created the first ever system to deliver fast food. That night, Ray is restless. He can't sleep. He approaches the brothers the next day and he's like, y'all need to franchise. There needs to be more than one location. This is too good to keep to one town. The brothers say they already tried, but it failed. Quality control was a problem. Out of sight, out of mind. Meaning they established some other locations, but those people who they put over those locations did not keep to their standard of doing things. The Mac says it's better to have one great restaurant than 50 mediocre ones. Ray sees a picture on the wall of a location in Phoenix and the design is very interesting. It was a concept. It was one of the restaurants they had opened but closed. Ray is fascinated with this picture of the restaurant with a golden arch and he goes to visit it. When he gets to the location he is just inspired. He returns home to his wife, Ethel, and starts going on and on about this revolutionary business that he's very excited and wants to invest in. Ethel reminds him of all the other business ventures that he has gone into that eh, didn't work so great. Ray is in his early 30s and Ethel wants him to settle down so they can enjoy their lives together. Ray never plans to settle down. He wants more. So he goes back to selling mixers trying to sell them anyway. Ray returns to the McDonald's brothers and he tells them, if you don't want a franchise for you, do it for your country. Patriotism. Ray wins them over with a speech. He can't sell mixers, but the man knows how to sell a dream. So they drop a contract and go into business with Ray. Ray goes around banks trying to get a business loan, but no luck. So out of desperation, puts his house up as collateral. And mortgages it. Risky, risky, Ray. I wonder if his wife knows about this. Ray is ready to go. But the brothers are dragging their feet a little. They want to make sure that everything is done properly and up to code. Ray has all these innovative ideas. But the McDonald's brothers keep shooting him down. Nope, nope, nope. It's not sitting well with Ray. Finally, the shop is up and Ray is all over it making sure the quality is up to the standards of the brother's original McDonald's location. He's cleaning, he's making sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. He seems very invested. But Ray has been neglecting Ethel, and she's feeling it. So Ray takes her to the club to cheer her up, and they meet some friends for dinner. Ray starts to pitch to them about the McDonald's being a great business opportunity, and they kind of start clowning him a little bit. This is definitely not the first time he's brought a business venture to their attention. But Ethel sticks up for him 
and convinces them to listen. Having the right partner makes a difference. Ray goes golfing with some of the fellows from the club and continues pitching to them, and they agree to franchise in McDonald's. He returns to the club with Ethel, but instead of spending time with her, he is walking around pitching to other members of the club. Always a salesman. Doesn't know how to turn it off. Franchises are popping up. Boop, boop, boop. And Dick starts to be concerned about the quality going down. Dick's concerns are valid. Ray visits a couple of the locations and finds out that they've added new items to the menu, the outside isn't maintained very well, and the kitchens are filthy. Ray is livid. He scolds his club friends about the low quality, but they're rich, they're retired, they don't care. Ray is pissed. He cancels his membership with the club. He is done working with rich, entitled men who don't care about their investments the way he does. He starts recruiting more working class people for the franchises. They're more appreciative and take very good care of the locations and keep with the standards. He is pitching to as many as possible. And just like that, more franchises start popping up all over the place. Ray goes to the grand opening of a new location and he is welcomed with open arms and a huge celebration. Ray's head is getting pretty big. He's treated to a dinner where this time he is being pitched to by the restaurant's owner, Raleigh. Ray's hearing him, but he's a little distracted by the pretty blonde woman playing the piano. So Raleigh introduces him to this blonde bombshell. Ray Kroc, meet Joan Smith, my wife. You better not, Ray, watching you. They all sit down to talk, and Ray basically takes credit for starting McDonald's. That ain't great, mate. Ray returns home with a brand new mindset. He is no longer begging people to come start a franchise. He is now letting people come to him. Ethel sees a change in him, and she seems pretty bothered. But Ray's got bigger problems. His receptionist, June, tells him that they're almost out of capital. Translation, Ray feels like the brothers are getting too big a piece of the pie, so he calls them to renegotiate the terms of the contract. Dick refuses, and Ray slams the phone down and hangs up on him. Side note, I know that cell phones are amazing and great, but every once in a while, I miss a good, you know what I mean? When you, when you had the phone to your ear and you just, yeah, slam it. It just felt good to slam it. <sighs> you kids today will never know the joy. Dick is starting to regret letting Ray in. I'm seeing more red flags, fellas. Oh, but it gets worse. Ethel has found out that Ray mortgaged their house and she is mad. They could lose everything. So Ray visits Raleigh's location and talks to Joan, the blonde bombshell. And he's flirting with her a little bit. You're in the danger zone, my dude. Joan comes up with a cost-effective solution that'll put more money in their pockets. Powdered milkshakes. Ew. Rounds of like a protein shake. Blech. But this would save a lot of money and could help them because they wouldn't need the refrigeration 
to accommodate real milkshakes. Ray takes his idea to the McDonald's brothers. Uh, no dice. Dick firmly informs him that milkshakes require real milk. Ray's back is against the wall. So he goes to the bank to try to get another loan and they turn him down. But Harry, one of the bank associates who overheard the conversation, catches him outside. He knows about the McDonald's businesses and he wants to help Ray. So he goes back to his office and looks over the finances and finds the issue. You don't seem to realize what business you're in. You're not in the burger business. You're in the real estate business. Harry suggests that instead of focusing on the building, that Ray actually buys the land and then leases the land to the franchisee. Doing this would guarantee Ray control over the franchise owners and give him the opportunity to push the McDonald's brothers out. So Harry organizes several meetings with investors and they start buying up all the land under a new corporation company. Now Dick gets wins of this and immediately calls up Ray, demanding to know what's going on. What's good? Ray informs them that he hasn't broken any contract. He just started a company that buys land. This has no effect on how McDonald's is run at all. It's still within the guidelines of the contract. Joan and Ray start having nightly phone calls about business. Then Dick finds out that Ray sent the powdered ugh, milkshake mix to all of the locations so they can replace the real milkshakes. Dick gets on the phone and demands that Ray run it back. Ray says, nah, he is done taking orders from them and basically gives Dick a verbal middle finger. How long are you going to keep this up, Mac? Keep up what? The whole everything is fine act. There's a wolf in the hen house. We let him in. Very true, Dick. Very true. I'm scared for you guys. I don't like this. Ethel and Ray's marriage, ugh, it is falling apart. Ray, he's ready to file for divorce. He goes to his lawyer and he tells him that he is not going to give her any shares in the business. He tells his other lawyer to find some loophole in the McDonald's contract to make the brothers go away. Because by this time, Ray is really raking in the cash. And businesses are popping up everywhere. They're even across seas now. Ray has even taken the McDonald's name and their arch logo. Dick and Mac are beyond angry. Business is war. It's dog eat dog, rat eat rat. If my competitor were drowning, I'd walk over and I'd put a hose right in his mouth. The wolf has fully shed its sheep's clothing. The stress of everything going on affects Mac, who has diabetes, and he ends up in the hospital. Ray visits with flowers and a blank check. He wants to buy them out, and they realize they have no choice. He is holding all the cards, because even if they wanted to sue him, he has way more money than them, and they would just deplete all of their savings. So they agree to the buyout with stipulations. They want $2.7 million so that each of the brothers gets $1 million. I know you're wondering, where does that other $700,000 go? Taxes, my friend. Taxes. Uncle Sam gonna get his. Best belief. They also want to keep the Bernardino location 
their original location for themselves. And they want 1% of all future royalties. Rare agrees to put all of that in writing except for one thing, the royalties. He promises them that they will get the future royalties with a handshake. Always get it in writing. The brothers agree and they are forced to remove the McDonald's name from their location. It's now owned by Ray Kroc. They don't even own their own name. Guess what Ray does? He opens up a McDonald's location across the street from the brother's location in Bernardino and runs them out of business within a couple of years. Years have passed and Ray is a very rich man. He stands in the mirror practicing a speech. Guess who walks up behind him? His new wife, Joan. He married Joan. Dude, then footage of the real Ray Kroc appears on the screen. McDonald's, he's got a nice sounding name. Roll credits. My thoughts. Michael Keaton always hits it out the park. I can't think of one performance that he's done that I haven't liked. This movie was excellent. The entire cast nailed it. I know that this is a retelling a version of the truth, so to speak. So keep in mind, my assessment is based off what was shown on screen. I knew somewhat of the McDonald's story, but wow, Ray Kroc is an even bigger a- than I realized. The movie did a great job of having you sympathize with him, at least in the beginning. <laughs> He's basically a mid-level salesman who has searched and worked all his life to find that one idea or product that's gonna bring him great financial success and most of us can kind of relate to that man like watching the mcdonald's brothers like pour their heart out to ray and tell him how much work it took for them to get to where they were and you see the pride and the joy that they have and what they've accomplished they love what they did and they love providing people with quality product current corporations please take note this was a time in America where the drive-in restaurant was the big deal. What the McDonald's brothers managed to do was extraordinary. They introduced a fast-paced system that set the standard for future restaurants. You ever make a decision or trust someone but didn't have peace about it? Listen to those feelings. Dick observes some traits in Ray early on that he didn't like. He warned his brother, Mac, that Ray has a temper and it makes him unpredictable. Mac did not heed the warning, but in his heart of hearts, Dick knew. I never should have listened. We have a contract for just this sort of thing, Dick. Should have trusted my gut. And they waited too long to do something about it. Follow your gut. Throughout the movie, Ray makes it very clear that he is more concerned with being successful in business than in his marriage. Even before the McDonald's deal, Ethel was neglected. He spent all his time and money chasing the almighty dollar while she's at home by herself. She was unhappy. Now there's something wrong with wanting more and being successful. Just be careful what and who you give up to reach it. But regardless of everything, Ethel stood by him and supported him and helped him get his initial investors. Even when he started making shady moves and changing and making decisions without including her, she stood by him. 
I mean, again, she was left alone. She didn't work. She didn't have any children. And they were in their older years. She was ready to just enjoy life with her partner who she had invested in. And the fact that this dude had the gall, okay, to divorce her and not even give her any shares in the business, not one. She was there from the beginning. I'm not saying split half the business, okay? But not one store? You had over 1,600 locations at the time. Damn. The glaring thing that stuck out to me was what each side represented. Dick and Mac McDonald's were like the wholesome, honorable, small town businessmen who put love and care and quality into everything they did. Then along comes Ray, the big corporation who put profit above everything else and through cutthroat tactics, bankrupts them. Is this not what has been happening for years? It's literally what Amazon and other corporations have done to hundreds if not thousands of small businesses. Look at all these major corporations merging to become bigger, more powerful conglomerates. And they're muscling out the competition, charging more and offering less. We've all witnessed shrinkage. And the quality of McDonald's has definitely deteriorated over the years. As bad as Ray was, he was firm about keeping the standards of the McDonald's brothers. It's the true sad state of things. Now, I wonder if Ray actually visited Mac in the hospital. I wasn't given the impression that he cared that much. Just saying. So Ray had grand ideas for expansion, but the McDonald's brothers weren't really open to most of his ideas and they weren't interested in like greatly increasing profit. Now one can argue that if it wasn't for Ray, they would never have been able to franchise and would probably have still just been one joint in that one location. In essence, is Ray at fault? Now, imagine your name is known worldwide and you can't profit off of that in any way. It's messed up. It's not just the system, Dick. It's the name, that glorious name, McDonald's. The sad thing is trademarking their name and registering their trade secrets probably would have saved the McDonald's brothers and their business. Unfortunately, they did not. And Mac died of heart failure in 1971. And Dick died from heart failure in a nursing home in 1998. To me, they died from broken hearts. The story is very sad. Ray is a thief. He stole McDonald's. He stole Ethel's youth. He stole Joan from Raleigh. I mean, the man's last name is Croc. His last name is basically bullshit. Ray died in 1984, still married to Joan. And don't worry, McDonald's eventually brought ice cream back to their milkshakes. I want to hear from you guys. Hit me up in the comments section and let's talk about this crazy movie. Next week begins December's theme. I'm going to be checking out action movies that occur during Christmas time. As always, you guys will have a chance to vote on what the final movie of the month will be. So keep a lookout for that. If you enjoyed hanging out with me today, please hit that like button, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications so you can always be up to date on what is going on. We're also on Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. 
Links are in the caption. Later.